God is faithful, and he is with us in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's jump into the word. We won't be here long uh, on this evening. I've been, uh, Psalm 40 is where we'll start. I'm going to read out of the New King James Version. Uh, We'll start in verse 1. This is David writing. Some people think it was the sons of Jeremiah that wrote this psalm. But if you read the whole psalm and you see the tone and and tenor of the psalm, you can't help but know that David wrote this. And so let's let's jump right in. Verse 1. I waited patiently for the Lord. I'm going to say that again. I waited patiently for the Lord. And he inclined to me and he heard my cry. He also brought me up out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock. And he established my steps. He has put a new song in my mouth, praise to our God. Many will see it and fear and will trust in the Lord. I want to read that again, but this time from the Message Bible. I like the way this is translated. I waited and waited and waited for God. At last, he looked. Finally, he listened. He lifted me out of the ditch, pulled me from the deep mud. He stood me up on a solid rock to make sure I wouldn't slip. He taught me how to sing the latest God song, a praise song to our God. More and more people are seeing this, and they enter the mystery, abandoning themselves to God. We're going to take our text tonight from uh, verse 1. David said, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined unto me. We're going to talk on the subject tonight. I'm waiting patiently. I'm waiting patiently. Go ahead and put that in your comments right now. I'm waiting patiently. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you once again. We give you glory and honor for tonight. I pray that you'd help me to deliver this word. I know and am convicted in my heart that this is what you want me to share with your people. So be with me on this evening as I deliver this. And I pray that somebody's life is touched, blessed, encouraged, uplifted, and hope enters into that room where they're at. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I'm waiting patiently. God often permits us to be perplexed so that we may learn patience. God oftentimes allows us to be perplexed so that we may learn patience. St. Francis of Assisi said this, no one will ever know the full depth of his capacity for patience and humility as long as nothing bothers him. It is only when times are troubled and difficult that he can see how much of either is in him. That is the truth. The last two weeks, two and a half weeks, I promise you, uh, for me, has felt like a year. Um, <laughs> the, 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 the struggle was real. Let me just say that. The last two and a half weeks has been um, not fun for me. I can tell you this. Anybody who knows me knows that I'm constantly on the go. I have a hard time just sitting still. I'm always wanting to do something, and I'm a workaholic, so not being able to be in the office was just a struggle more than, but you you put all that together, and I was in a room by myself for two weeks. I knew my kids were there. I knew my wife was there, but I I even knew my dogs were there, but I couldn't see them. I couldn't touch them. I couldn't embrace them. I couldn't be with them, 
And I, I kept telling God, God, I, I want out of this. But I, I stood on every verse, by your stripes we are healed. God, I know you're my healer. I know you're working in my body. I know your blood is over me. I plead your blood over me right now. I pray that your blood cells fuse with my blood cells and eradicate this disease up out of me. Man, I prayed and stood on everything. And do you know what? God still let me go through the whole process. God still kept me in that place. And I'm telling you, I was frustrated more than you know. I, I remember talking to Pastor Rick on the phone. And I said, you know what, sir, more than being sick, I'm just frustrated that I have to be in this room. I'm frustrated that I can't give my kids a hug. I'm frustrated I can't go to work. I can deal with being sick, but I don't like being confined and having to wait through this deal. So today, when I was uh, considering and praying and seeking the Lord concerning what I was going to teach tonight, God kept dropping in my spirit patience. And you know what? Nobody wants to teach or preach on the subject of patience because there's no fun in that. There's no fun in the idea of patience because patience brings along with it this connotation that you have to wait or struggle through something or that you're waiting on something. I don't find it an accident that this year Pastor Rick started the year with the prophetic word and that word was wait. Little did we know what that really meant. Now we do. Now we do. 11 months into this year, we have a clear understanding of what that word meant. But I came tonight to bring encouragement to you because patience produces something. There's a reward in patience. And that's why I can confidently stand here and say, I'm waiting patiently. There's a difference between just waiting and waiting patiently. We're going to talk about that in just a minute. And I don't think it's an accident that David was the writer of this psalm. David wrote this psalm. Many of his psalms, he's either complaining about something or he's, he's asking God to have vengeance on his enemies or whenever he talks about the trouble he's going through, it's usually some kind of mistake that he names or it's an enemy that's coming against him. In this particular psalm, he doesn't identify any of that. He just says, I waited patiently on him. I waited, and he finally inclined unto me. I believe David was going through something internal when he wrote this. I don't think it was some external battle he was dealing with. I think it was something in his mind and in his spirit that he was dealing with. And when you look at David's life, you know that he learned patience. This is something that developed in him. He learned patience. Because we know that, you know, so I think it's Psalm 50 is where you read that he, he was born, uh, uh, there's, there's these innuendos that he was born illegitimately or he was born in sin. And so he was always kind of the outcast. And we know that because when Samuel came to anoint, uh, uh, to anoint the king, they brought in all the brothers, but they left him out in the field. He was always kind of left out. And then even when he does get anointed, it's 15 years before he ever walks in the fullness of that anointing. He's anointed king, but then he's sent right back out to the field to take care of sheep. He's anointed king, but he has to deliver uh, bread and cheese to his brothers who actually get to fight on the battlefield. He defeats Goliath, but then he has to go on the run because he's rejected by the very man that he helped save. And he has this anointing on his life, but he has to wait for it. So I think he's well-equipped to write a sentence like this. I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined unto me. Time is, uh, time is precious. Time is precious. Uh, Pastor Rick has always taught that time is the most valuable commodity that we have. 
It's more valuable than money. Because you can't, you can replace money, but you can't replace time. You can't replace time. And often, it is time that, uh, uh, that something appreciates in value. It's the process of time that brings appreciation or more value to a thing. It's time. Things like art, antiques, uh, wine, your home value, investments. Time, over time, the value of this, these things increase. It's the element of time that brings value to it, right? It's the element of time. But it's not just time. It's the process and the preservation that time brings to that item that increases its value. I'm going to say that again. I'm going to say that again. It's the process and preservation that time puts those things through that appreciates the value of those things. And likewise, a person and a community never really know their value and they never really know what they're made of until they go through something. A person or a community never really know their value or what they're made of until they go through something. God allows obstacles. God allows trials. God allows temptation. God allows resistance. God allows adversity in our lives. He allows these things. These things can't be unless he permits them. But here's the thing. He doesn't permit these things in our life so that he can see what we're made of. He doesn't allow us to go these thing, through these things so that we can show him what we're made of. God is not confused about who you are. God is not confused about who he made you to be. God is not confused about the purpose he deposited in your life. So when we go through all these things and we're walking through the resistance, the adversity, the struggle, whatever we're facing, God is not doing that so that we can prove to him who we are. God allows us to go through these things so that we can see and those that are around us watching us can see what we're made of. He allows us to go through these things so the revelation of who we are can come alive in us. Not for his sake, but for our sake. Can somebody say amen? So let's talk about this. I'm waiting patiently on the Lord. I'm waiting patiently on the Lord. What is patience? What is patience? When David says here, I waited patiently, he literally, when he says the word wait, it, it literally has this connotation of waiting uh, with expectation, waiting with expectancy. See, faith and expectancy or expectation are tied together. Faith and expectation are tied together because they both have a pull. We've heard the, the cliche that, that expectation is the breeding ground for miracles. Well, I like to say this, a room full of faith in a room full of faith, anything can happen. In a room full of faith, anything can happen. That's why when you come to the house of the Lord, you should come with expectation and faith in your heart. When you get into the seat, you shouldn't just be sitting there waiting for the first song to strike, but you should be waiting with expectation that, that faith should come alive in you, that anything can happen in my life today. When you're sitting in your living room and you, you see that countdown rolling on your screen, whether it's on your phone or it's on your TV screen, and you know service is about to start, and you know 
Pentecostal service is about to engage, let your expectation be ignited because there's going to be a moment, whether it's in worship or whether it's in the word or whether it's in the prayer time at the end, but God is going to do something in your life. He was waiting with expectation and he waited patiently. I looked this up just simply in the Webster's Dictionary. What is patience? An ability ability or willingness to suppress, listen to this, to suppress restlessness or annoyance. This is already preaching to me. When confronted with delay. The ability or willingness to suppress restlessness or annoyance when confronted with delay. It is quiet, steady perseverance. Perseverance. Through perseverity, severe. That's how Pastor Rick teaches us. Perseverance is the ability to go through severity and make it to the other side. That's what patience is. The root word literally means to endure. Jesus said, he who endures to the end shall be saved. Or he that endures till the end shall receive their reward. I want to give you some of Pastor Rick's definitions for patience. I love these. I love these. He taught us about patience in March. If you remember, we were in the the series uh, called Stretch, and he taught us on patience. And I encourage you, go back on YouTube and watch it, because the content in that message will bless you today. And it's still relevant right now. It's amazing how God spoke to us back at the beginning of this thing concerning this entire process. This entire process. All right, right, I'm going to jump into this. Pastor Rick's definitions of patience. Patience is the ability to accept delay without getting angry or upset. Patience is the ability to accept delay without getting angry or upset. Patience teaches us that God is in control and we are not. Patience teaches us that God is in control and we are not. Patience is the quality of waiting calmly without complaining waiting calmly without complaining patience is not just the ability to wait but it is the ability to keep a good attitude while you're waiting it is the ability to keep a good attitude while you're waiting james says it like this in verse in chapter one and verse two my brethren count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. It worketh, it accomplishes, it produces, it builds patience. The trying of your faith worketh patience, but let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Let patience have her work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. The message Bible says that you have, that, that you are not deficient in any way. The NIV says it, not lacking anything. Patience, if allowed to, will produce in you God's intention. Patience, if allowed to, you have to let patience. If you allow it, it will produce in you God's intention. Implying this, if I allow patience to work in me, I will find fulfillment. If I resist patience, things will just take longer. It's that simple. If I resist patience, things will just take longer. I waited patiently for the Lord. He didn't wait for anything. He waited 
for the Lord. Confidence that God has everything under control. I'll, I'll say this. In times like these, if the people of God ever needed patience, it's right now. The characteristic of patience is at a premium right now. Because in our culture and society, before any of this ever happened, before any of this ever happened, we had already developed a mindset and a, uh, a behavior pattern of instant gratification. Everybody has this expectation that I'm going to get what I'm looking for right now. Everybody's looking for that. There's this sense of instant gratification for anything you do. So if you go out and you do something, you have a good night with your friends or something, you immediately have to post some pictures of wherever you're at so that everybody knows where you're at and you can get approval for it. Or maybe it's your food, or maybe it's something your kid did, or maybe it's something else. We're constantly looking for instant gratification. We don't want to wait on the news. We need to know what the news is right now. We don't want to wait on our food. We want to know why the food isn't in front of us right now. I ordered a well-done steak, and it's been five minutes. Why isn't it right here? Well, probably because the process of time takes it a little longer for your steak to get well done. We are in a society, in a culture, in a time when we're looking for instant gratification. Galatians tells us that patience is a fruit. What is patience? Patience is a fruit of the Spirit. Patience is a fruit of the Spirit. It's the fourth one mentioned out of the nine. It's in the second set of three. Patience. Patience. It's a fruit of the Spirit. Anything that is a fruit has to start first as a seed, and then it has to be cultivated into what it's supposed to be. So that seed, first of all, has to be in good ground, has to be in the right atmosphere, has to be in the right place. Then it takes time to take root. After the process of of it finding a good root, then it starts to spring forth. After it springs forth, it has to turn into a tree or a vine or whatever it, it is, that it, the, the substance of what it is. And then it has to grow, and then it has to blossom, and then it has to turn into, it, 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 it has to blossom into a fruit. Then we have to wait for it to be ripe before we pick it, because if we pick it, we might pick it too early and spoil the fruit, because it takes Time to become what it is. Patience takes cultivation. It takes time to develop patience in a person, just like any of the other fruit of the Spirit. But it is a fruit, and it must be cultivated. Patience. I'm waiting patiently. I think sometimes we get caught up in um, life, um, in whatever we're facing, and we have this expectation that things happen faster or, or should be happening faster than what God intends. You know, um, I was thinking about this. There's, there's what I call the gaps uh, of life, the gaps of life. Jesus, when we, I'll just use him as an example. There's many examples we could use. We could use Paul, David, Samson. We could use, there's so many different examples we can use. But when I look at the life of Jesus, he's, he, we, we see him born, right? We see then the prophets prophesy about him, and then we see the people of God waiting for the Messiah, right? They're waiting for the Messiah. Then we see the, the Messiah arrive, right? We see him born, and then they go to Egypt. And then we don't see him again until he's 12 years old, and we see him in the temple. And that's where he says the famous line, I must be about my father's business. And then... He disappears again, and we don't see him again until he's baptized. 
And when he's baptized, as he's approaching the river, he's addressed as rabbi. He's addressed as rabbi. In the, in the Jewish culture, they would not address somebody as rabbi unless they were actually a rabbi. Or they had actually gone through the process of becoming a rabbi. They wouldn't address him that way otherwise. So somewhere between 12 years old, I'm a, I must be about my father's business, and this gap all the way till he's 30, there's a process that he's going through. That's 18 years of a process he went through. For David, like I said earlier, he was anointed king, and he had to wait 15 years before he stepped into the fullness of who he was. See, the gaps in life give us the opportunity to develop into the thing or the intention that God has for us, to develop the purpose that God has for us. And, and that's, that's the point. A lot of times we sit back and we get impatient and we try to jump the gun and we're pressing and we're pressing. We're getting frustrated, anxious, and stressed out because we're not feeling or walking in what we feel like God told us we would walk in. But you know what? Sometimes it doesn't happen that fast. Sometimes you have to go through the process that it takes to get there. And that's why patience is necessary. That's why patience is necessary. Because patience says, I trust in the Lord. He has everything under control. And I'm going to be just fine. And I'm going to be just fine. Amen. That's what patience is. Now let's talk about the dangers of impatience. The dangers of impatience. I wrote this down today. Impatience will result in loss, delay, and an unstable mind. Impatience will result in loss, delay, and an unstable mind. I want to use this example. We know it, uh, it's in 1 Samuel 13. Saul calls on uh, Samuel to come and sacrifice because they're in the middle of some contentious situation they're in they're in a bind and they need God to act on their behalf so he calls the prophet the man of God whom he's supposed to do because he's a king and the prophet is the one that does the sacrificing so he calls on Samuel but the problem is Samuel doesn't show up on time and so Saul makes the sacrifice in his place because it didn't happen according to Saul's agenda. It didn't happen according to Saul's timing. It didn't happen when Saul thought it should happen. And so he gets impatient and he sacrifices instead of Samuel. And just when he does, isn't it just the way things happen? Just when he does, Samuel shows up. Samuel shows up. And this is where I want to pick up the story. And I want to read this because I want you to hear the tone of Saul's voice, and then I want you to hear what Samuel says as a result of his impatience. We're going to start on verse 11, in verse 11, 1 Samuel 13. Samuel said, what have you done? And Saul responds to him, and he says, when I listen to the anxiety in his voice, or in, his, in what he's saying, listen to the impatience of what he's saying. When I saw that the people were scattered from me, and that you did not come within the days appointed. And that the Philistines were gathered together at Michmash. Then I said, the Philistines will now come down at me. Because impatience will always produce fear. 
Fear will always produce speculation for the worst. And most of the time, the speculation that you have concerning your fears will never come to pass anyway. Fear produces that. Fear is a result of impatience and anxiety. Let me, let me get back into this. Then I said, the Philistines will come down on me at Gilgal. I have not made supplication to the Lord. Therefore, I felt compelled. I felt compelled and offered a burnt sacrifice or burnt offering. And Samuel said to Saul, you have done foolishly. You have not kept the commandment of the Lord your God, which he commanded you. For now the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever. But now, because of your foolish action, because of your impatience, because you felt compelled. But now your kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought for himself a man after his own heart, and the Lord has commanded him to be the commander over his people because you have not kept what the Lord commanded you. Impatient people will always deal with stress and anxiety. Impatient people will always deal with stress and anxiety. On a practical level, stress and anxiety will produce more bad things physically for you than just about anything else. Impatient people deal with stress and anxiety, constantly filled with worry. And this leads to a negative outlook, and usually it leads to compulsive behavior. Impatience leads to a negative outlook and usually compulsive behavior. And that's what happens right here with Saul. He feels the urgency of the moment because he's not willing to wait calmly He's not willing to wait with expectation that God has this under control. I can trust in him. And it doesn't matter how bad it gets. I know he has me in the palm of his hand. I know that he has everything under control. And so this may not be happening on my timetable, but I know God holds time in the palm of his hand and it's the capsule that he put into eternity to accomplish his purpose. So I'm going to trust in his purpose. Instead of that, my compulsion to get this done changed everything for my future. That's what happened to Saul. Because impatience says these things. You ready? Impatience says, I don't need anything that this trial has to offer me. My goodness. Impatience says, I don't need anything that this trial has to offer me. I don't have anything to learn through this. So I'm ready for it to be over. I don't have any development that can happen in my, in my life and in my body and in my spirit because of this trial or because of this adversity. So let's get it over with. I know better than God does. This is what impatience says. I know better than God does. The process isn't necessary for me. This moment doesn't matter. I'm ready for what's next. This moment doesn't matter. I'm ready for what's next. I want to encourage you, don't act out of God's timing. It will always, always, always result in loss, delay, or an unstable mind. You won't always be in the predicament that Saul's in, where you lose it. But it will certainly cause delay. It will certainly bring anxiety and stress to your mind, which will ultimately warp the way you think. It is hard to get up out of a negative mindset. It is hard to get a pessimist turned into an optimist. The only way to do it is to just keep rebutting them with optimistic language. 
And in this, situ- and in this circumstance with Saul, he was impatient, he was compelled, and he caused loss in his life. So much so that the Bible ultimately says that the kingdom was torn from Saul. It was torn, which means there was probably a lot of damage when that happened. Be careful with impatience. Don't act out of time. Stay patient in what God has you going through. He has you going through it for a purpose. You are facing what you are facing because he allowed it to be there. There's something he's developing in you that he wants to see manifest in the earth. There's something concerning your purpose that is being added to because of what you're facing and what you're dealing with. And the question is, will you be patient? Will you wait patiently for the Lord? Because he sees you. He knows right where you are. And you know what? There will be a moment when he inclines unto you and he hears your cry. Amen? We know what patience is. There's dangers in impatience. And I want to share this last thought with you. There is a reward for patience. He inclined unto me and he heard my cry. Patience ultimately gets God's attention. He inclined unto me. Patience gets God's attention. Attention, James 1, 4. But let patience have her perfect work that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Perfect and entire literally means complete in all respects. No missing parts to be completely whole. You know, people that don't take the time to reach wholeness usually deal with a lot of emotional problems in their relationships, in their life, at work, at school, whatever the case may be, because they weren't willing to take the time to become whole before they stepped into something. Patience, when she goes to work, she will bring you to a place where you are complete and entire, not lacking anything. Romans 8 tells us this, For in this hope we were saved, but hope that is seen It's not hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait, listen to this, we wait for it patiently. We wait for it patiently because the truth of the matter is God's hope always comes alive in our life if we wait patiently. Hebrews 10.36 tells us this, For you have need of patience. That after you have done the will of God, what's the will of God? Waiting patiently. After you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Here's a simple statement for you to wrap this whole thing up. The reward of patience is always the fulfillment of God's purpose and the revelation of God's promise. I'm going to say that again. The reward of patience is always the fulfillment of God's purpose and the revelation of his promise. Romans 12, 12. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. I'm going to say it again. Romans 12, 12. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. My encouragement to you tonight is this. I'm waiting patiently. What am I waiting patiently for? I'm waiting patiently for God to do for me everything he did for David. David said this, I wait patiently on the Lord and he inclined unto me and he heard my cry and he picked me up out of a horrible pit. All of us face the pit. 
All of us face rejection. All of us face those down, dark, dirty times. All of us face those times where we feel like there's no way out. All of us face the pit. But God is the one that will pull us out. And he'll pull us out of the miry clay. The miry clay, which is us. It's our flesh. It's that thing that we fight, that we, we, we battle against. It's that thorn in our side. It's, it's when we want to do good, but evil is always right there with us. He'll pull us up out of that miry clay, that, that fleshly activity that keeps us bogged down and stuck. He'll put a rock up under our feet. He'll give us a foundation to stand on because he is the chief cornerstone and we can trust in him and when our house is built on that rock it doesn't matter what storm comes we'll still be standing and you know what he'll establish our steps everything in our future will be set out for us every one of our steps will be ordered for us and as long as we stay waiting patiently on him and doing what he has ordered our steps will be established that literally means they will be productive fruitful and prosperous every step we take and finally He'll put a new song in our mouth because you know what? There's no greater praise. There's no greater song. There's no greater worship that can go up than the worship and the praise of victory. When you see somebody go through something and they come out on the other side and their hands are lifted, that victory means something. You know what? There's nothing like watching. I'm I'm sorry. I get into UFC. I love fighting. And there's nothing like watching an all-out brawl where two guys are just going at it with all their strength. And at the end of it, the one you thought was going to lose somehow pulled it out and he gained the victory. And at the end, he's standing with his arms raised and he might have blood dripping down his face. He might have marks on his body, but he had the victory. And the victory he felt in that moment eliminated all the pain that he had to go through to get it. I'm going to encourage you, whatever you're facing, Whatever you're going through, there's a promise on the other side of it. Don't get impatient. Don't act out of compulsion. Don't have anxiety. Don't be stressed out about it. Trust in knowing this, that God has everything under control. He sees you. He knows what you're going through. He sees every tear. He hears every prayer. And God is for you. He is with you. And whatever you're facing tonight, Whatever you're going through is producing something in you that you can't even see. Just wait patiently. I promise you, you'll get his attention and he will hear your cry in Jesus' name. I pray somebody was encouraged tonight. Let me pray for you. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you. I'm thankful for you. I got to be honest, though. I don't enjoy the development of patience in my life, but I want to thank you for showing me its value. I want to thank you for showing me how important it is that I stay positive, optimistic, that I stay calm, that I don't complain, that I trust in you, that I don't put trust in my flesh, and that I give you all the glory through every single step. God, I thank you that you give us the confidence to walk through this life, no matter how tough it gets. I thank you that before anything came to pass, you wrote down every one of the words, the whole story of our life, you wrote it down before it came to be. And you know what? The ending of that story is a good ending. It's a happily ever after for us. And I thank you, God, that you are good 
and that you are good all the time. And right now you are lifting somebody's spirit. You're bringing uh, joy to their heart. You're bringing peace to their mind. You're bringing clarity where they have confusion. God, I just speak that over your people in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I'm waiting patiently. I pray that somebody was blessed tonight. I pray that you were encouraged. Be encouraged. You're going to make it through whatever you're going through.